Hey everybody, welcome back to The Mentormers, your bi-weekly look at the world of Jews and sports. Gabe, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing uh, wonderful on this beautiful Pesach week. Uh, it is, it, we are, I'm, I'm burning all my chemets. I am uh, asking God for forgiveness for the chemets that I have not burnt. Um, are you doing I'm, right? I'm looking forward to uh, a, what looks to be maybe a virtual Seder this weekend for my family. How about you? You, you, you're, you're already ahead of the curve because, uh, as we've talked about before, your, your wife has celiac disease, so you, your house has very little chlamets. Yes, in, we, in the first we place. live a Passover, we sort of live a Passover lifestyle. Um, just to be, you right. can never be safe. We always have the blood over our door. Um, we always keep frogs and, and our showers do rain with blood. Um, sure. so we're always just ready for the, we're basically living in ancient Egypt, you know, in midtown Toronto. That's good. Um, I, I should tell our listeners, uh, I, I did get the, get the COVID this week, unfortunately. The novel coronavirus. Um, it's, you've been struck down with it's the no novel coronavirus. Novel. It's no longer novel. Um, it's actually it's actually worn its welcome. I would say. Um, so y- yeah, I got it. I I think probably either when I went to the final four. Yeah. In New Orleans, or when I went to the Jays home opener. Both um, of those both really just I, yeah. petri dishes of of sixth wave bacteria. So if I if I sound a little off, it's just because I'm I, I have very minor cold symptoms, but I'm I, I feel like I'm pretty much done it. So um, that that leads me to a question before we get into the the real meat or I should say the shank of our episode. Um, is there a disease live sporting event combination that you'd be willing to risk X disease for Y sporting event? Like you got COVID at the final four. That's right. That's pretty up there. That's yeah, and, you I know, saw some pretty great games. And some of the greatest sure. final four, final four in memory, John Shire really just coming in, you know, uh, John Sh- for the Jewish angle. You know, that was maybe worth getting COVID. Yeah, we saw the beginning of the John Shire era by virtue of it being the, the end of the Mike Krzyzewski era. Exactly. But, but like, let's... Uh, no, that was great. I mean, I, I I certainly, like, went on a vacation, I should say, for the first time in a lot, in two years. It's a working vacation. Uh, with my, you, with my, you worked, with my eyes open. You worked on the podcast. I, 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 of course. And I, I definitely went with my eyes open to, like, you know, this could happen and it's not the end of the world, probably, because I'm youngish and healthy and all that. But um, And triple vaccinated. You know, I, and triple vaccinated, yes. Um, it, you know, I, it's hard to say worth it or anything like that. I am uh, isolating in my basement because my my wife was away when uh, I when I got or shortly after I got home when I tested positive. She came back. She has tested negative. My daughter's tested negative, and it's just like we're gonna try and keep it that way yeah. because you know if we can. So hopefully uh, the quarantine doesn't last much longer. But yeah, I've just been sort of a, a subterranean person the last few days. A and, chud. Uh, it's, start, it's starting to get to me, yeah. So, um, so then, then just to go back to the question here, you know, it's, is there is there what disease yeah, would I risk? It's, like, it's Master Sunday, you know, Tigers in contention. Daniel Berger is in second. The final group, you get to spend the whole day falling around, like maybe like a light cancer. What am I going to get the disease or or just risk? I think you have the What's risk the, of getting the disease. Going to get the disease the is a risk. different equilibrium. Different, but I think we'll stick with risk. But it's airborne. Yeah, yeah. It is an airborne disease. An airborne disease. I don't know. I would definitely risk mono. I would say for most things. Um, COVID apparently I would risk for for not that much. It turns out. Um, like plague. I feel like plague's probably too Ooh, far. Ooh, plague if, would if be too was, far. If it was like someone's like, hey, there's a one percent chance you get plague if you go to this, uh, you know, Master Sunday or Jay's playoff game or something like that. I think I would say. You know, plague is just 
It's just too much. Yeah. Uh, game seven, Blue Jays, you know, uh, they trade for Jock Peterson and he hits the home run to win the World Series. I can miss it if there's a chance I'm going to get plague. Okay. You could miss it. If yeah. But but like how how long of a hospital stay would be worth it? A week? Four days. Four days. Okay. Yeah. Four days. It's Four good days. to know. It's good to know. So a bad COVID. Yeah. A real bad case of COVID. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of uh, plagues, we should highlight that uh, this episode, we are going to be doing our second annual uh, baseball Seder. Uh, we did one last year. I think it was very uh, well received, very uh, medium concept, as I like to put it, I think at the time. And so we'll be doing that soon. But uh, before we get to that, just do our, our typical roundup of things that have been going on in the Jewish sports world. Gabe, anything uh, anything been going on that's on your radar the last few weeks? Yes, I'd, I'd like to call to attention uh, an article and a story that's been going on in Canada for the last two weeks. It was originally broken by TSN's investigative reporter, Rick Westhead. Um, you know, he's won many awards and he has seemed to decide he wanted to encroach onto our beat and cover anti-Semitism in youth sports with the Avenue Road hockey uh, team. Uh, facing, you know, anti-Semitism against Don Mills. I think, you know, one Avenue Road going to Don Mills, you probably couldn't get a less Jewish team for them to play. Um, and allegedly, you know, uh, according to Westhead, this was there's been multiple incidents of anti-Semitism against uh, Avenue Road players, specifically against, you know, playing with these teams. And this is sort of the 12 to 13-year-old. There's some slurs set on ice and, and including by parents. Um, there's a really great rundown on the CJN website written by our former producer, Alex Rose, who's, I guess, walkabout in the field of non-journalism is over, and he's sort of returned to the, the roost. Uh, we've brought him back. Our producer is doing sort of a, a sorcerer over the cauldron uh, mime for us now. He's, he's moved I, to I a think fish a, I think it's a fishing rod. He's moved to a fishing rod, but Alex in. has written yeah. a great story about it um, covering, uh, you know, there isn't much to add. I just want to bring... Our attention to it. I spoke to some contacts of mine who have coached in this league. They've seen things like this happen before, but not sort of on the parent scale. And that's what makes it right. a, a bigger deal. I also, I am an Avenue Road, uh, you know, I'm an Avenue Road hockey alumnus. alumnus. Um, and being, I would, you know, the reform yet, you know, cultural and uh, uh, reform yet cultural. And I'm going to say, uh, you know, Visual? Uh, yeah, like a ritualistic Jew that I am, you know, the high sure. holidays and, and bar mitzvahs and such. Um, I was probably the least religious person on the team. So for context, for those who aren't listening, the Avenue Road Hockey uh, League, especially the select hockey league, is in an orthodox neighborhood and is played mostly with orthodox children. Um, yeah, I think there was something saying that, that the league is something like 70% Jewish. Yeah, and and uh, I would... Obviously not the only Jewish, Jewish sort of tinged... Uh, Hockey, ho- hockey team in the GTA, you know, but you know, among the more Jewish ones, and they don't play on on Shabbat. No, or and in my experience, like I said, like you know, on my team there are plenty of reform kids, but there's kids with payas, there's kids with tzitzit coming out of the back of their jerseys, there's kids with kippas under their their um, helmets. Actually, there's one one Avi Chaim, and Avi Chaim, if you're listening to this and and you played with me, my mom still talks about how good you were. He was like Gretzky well, out there. Skating with his seat seat flowing. So this is this is for kids who have not, you know, met with religious Jews very much in their lives from the other teams. This would be quite a shock to see people who, you know, you you don't really necessarily engage with in society uh, playing hockey, especially in sort of right. a, a league this public, which is well, you know, brings in the the noticeability of the story. James, mm-hmm. 
let, let, let's hope it's a learning moment. And, uh, you know, I'm sure that the CJM will continue to follow the story and uh, talk, talk about other goings on if there's other resolution. And, and um, we'll keep the you hockey, abreast the hockey of it season, well. The hockey season, the professional hockey season is coming to a close. Um, I know we haven't talked talk about hockey much recently, but uh, going to the playoffs, are there any Jews that people should be paying attention to? Um, as always, former guest and I guess friend of the podcast, Zach Hyman, uh, ha- is having the best season of his career. Playing with Connor McDavid will do that for you, but maybe cashing those checks at Edmonton um, and and enjoying life out there is helping him. He's going to hit 50 points this year, a career high for him. And Zach is entering the playoffs uh, shortly after Passover. Um, if you want to hear Zach talking about Passover, he'll actually be appearing on our sister podcast, Bonjour High, in addition to us, your mentor's oh, wow. hosts, um, to talk about Passover. So, uh, That's great. Uh, you know, we'll we'll bring that back to a link at the end of the show, but just a little tie-in there. Should, al- should, should also mention, uh, just talking about hockey, reigning Norris Trophy winner uh, Adam Fox is having a very good year as well. 57 assists, you know. He's got very, a chance to solid. win it again. Yeah, he's only 23 years old. Uh, you know, this is a guy who's, who's got some really high years uh, ahead of him. And the Rangers, I think, are a team that could do things in the playoffs, you know. They certainly have the fans behind them, and uh, I think they're getting hot at the right time. Absolutely. So, um, and they haven't been an good in a that. while. So with their Jewish right. superstar, um, you know, at the top of their and division. And as we said before, it's been it's been so long since there's been, like, a Jewish uh, star in a New York team. So this is, like, a real opportunity for Jewish uh, New Yorkers to to rally behind to get the, behind the hockey title. be great to see yeah. if, if those kids from avenue road hockey you know if there's i'm sure there's a from league in in new york um sure. but the from hockey league going to cheer on adam fox that'd be some good stuff yeah so uh moving over to the round ball uh that's going to the playoffs as well we should say that uh no jews are are playing <laughs> in the nba playoffs but uh, Israeli basketball player Denny Avdia did play all 82 games this year. So he led the league in games played uh, along with four other people. It's the, it's it's notable. the reverse high plus one. Sure. It's it's something. It's, you know, he got in every game. He, he's still got a future ahead of him. Um, you know, excited to see what he does next year. Um, Amari Stoudemire, the assistant coach of the uh, Brooklyn Nets, uh, his team won the play-in game the other night, so they'll be moving on. He'll be in the playoffs. Uh, to and the playoffs, I, playing, the, playing the Boston Celtics, so that's exciting. Also, we'd be remiss to mention our you know, the team we cheer for with uh, future prospective Mench Warmers guest Larry Tannenbaum owned Toronto Raptors. <laughs> um, are, of are, of course, you know the, the fifth seed in the Eastern Conference. So let's go Raptors and, and hug butt a Larry. Yeah. Aside from that, uh, anything else you want to mention sports-wise? We, we talked about the Masters. Both uh, Daniel Berger, Max Homa made the cut, made but the cut. sort of had blow-ups on Sunday. So, you know, uh, 49th and 50th place, I think, something like that. Not not the greatest finishes, but uh, Berger was in the mix on, on the first day. I think he got a little saddled by bad weather on the second. And It's, uh, it's always know. the weather with our people. Yeah. Always something with the weather. <laughs> Well, it's true. I mean, uh, one, one of Homa's wins certainly did come at uh, the course in L.A. in, in beautiful weather. Yeah, perfect. Like, we, it's it's too hot or too cold otherwise. Um, we can win desert championships maybe. Ooh, or, uh, if, or maybe if there's ever a, a tournament in the Negev, I bet it'd be won by a Jewish person. Um, sure. So we're, we're going we're, we're, we're gonna to take a short break and be back with our uh, second annual baseball seder. Well, it is uh, Seder week. It is two days away from the first Seder. And it is also one week past the 
opening of the baseball season, two things that coincide and which are both celebrated by Jews in North America and around the world. Uh, maybe maybe the baseball one, uh, especially in North America. Um, you know, this coincidence is is not uh, is not lost on us. There's a lot of similarities between baseball and Passover that we like to highlight here. And for the second year in a row, we're going to start uh, a tradition of a baseball Passover Seder. Um, so, you know, I would I would say that this is not uh, uh, halachically approved <laughs> per se. One, one Do not day necessarily can, rely on we this. Get a Talmudic for your own home scholar Seder. to to bless this. That's I've, you know, have you heard the joke about the man eating pork? And the rabbi sees him, and the man says, Rabbi, did you see me eat pork? And he says, yes. The rabbi says, yes, I did. And the man says, well, then it's okay. I did it under rabbinical supervision. There so we go. just need so, we need a mashgiach to, uh, to kosherify our, or halakify our seder. Right. Well, seder means order. Uh, in baseball, we have the batting order. Uh, the Seder order is a little different, but we're going to go through this uh, like like a baseball lineup here. So batting leadoff, we have Kadesh. Kadesh is the Kiddush blessing, where we consider ourselves blessed because the baseball season is upon us. Uh, consider ourselves blessed because we get to join together this year, hopefully in person with family and friends. Uh, for me personally, it depends on whether or not I, I test negative from COVID. <laughs> uh, but we say the, the first blessing and we pour the first cup of wine. And in honor of the first cup of wine... Uh, Gabe, we're going to talk a little bit about the first baseman of the Jewish people, uh, Hammer and Hank Greenberg. The Hebrew Hammer himself, Hank Greenberg, played many years for the Detroit Tigers. Notably, um, he won one MVP award. Uh, right. And very famously in the Detroit Free Press, uh, they ran a front page of him uh, with the uh, Chag Sameach Shana Tova in Hebrew writing on the front of the Detroit Free Press, story of that is uh, it was a the pennant race. Hank Greenberg decided not to play on Rosh Hashanah, came back after a day of rest, and then hit two home runs or hit the game-winning home run um, to get closer to the pennant. So Shana Tova uh, to all of the people in Detroit, thanks to Hammer and Hank Greenberg. And uh, we should say as well, along with being our first baseman, also the first Jew in the uh, Baseball Hall of Fame. Absolutely. So... A fitting, a fitting player to be the first, the first, uh, the first couple one. Maybe even yeah, first cup. He was notably a very close friend of uh, Jackie Robinson, and Jackie Robinson Day will be celebrated uh, on the April fifteenth, the day of the first yeah. Seder. Um, That's great. I also misspoke. He was a two-time MVP in both nineteen thirty-five uh. and nineteen forty. Moving on uh, to the batter on deck, we have Urchatz, which is the ritual hand washing. Um, so. This has, I think, two meetings here. We we have both the five, you know, we're only five games, five, six games into a 162-game season. Our hands are clean. We're ready for a new year. Um, not, unlike, also, not unlike the pitchers of Major League Baseball. Right. So the, baseball itself had a, had a major urchatz in 2021, uh, you know, sort of enforcing and cracking down on the use of various sticky substances that uh, that pitchers have been using to get spit on their fastball. So, uh, you know, some real urchats in the baseball year, and, and this year as well. Um, any Jewish pitchers out there, Max Fried or uh, uh, Dean Kramer, maybe try a little haroset. I don't know if Ooh. they're kind of cracking down on that. If you have a nice sticky, uh, you know, one of those dried fruit haroset's, maybe I, it's time to try that for a little extra spin. I feel like any, you know, proper sticky cheating substance has gelatin in it and or some sort of non-kosher <laughs> lard. 
um, right. back in the day. So It's not supposed to be a food substance. Uh, they, they do use bo- boiled Coca-Cola. Uh, so maybe try some boiled Passover friend. Ew, kosher boiled Passover, Passover Coke. Coke. Uh, in the hole, we have Carpas. We dip a vegetable representing the hope of spring into salt water uh, to represent the tears of slavery. So it's a new season. There's hope, but there's also bitterness over last year. No matter how your team ended up, whether it's regular season playoffs or the World Series, uh, you know, you have to remember that last year is in the past. Um, Braves fans, you can skip the step because you you won. Max Fried uh, can skip to, his car pots. Jock Peterson can skip his yeah, car pots. Jock Peterson and Max Fried can, can skip the car pots. And then batting cleanup, we have yachats. The matzo in the middle is hidden for the afikomen, which children will later find. Uh, this reminds us that baseball is a game for children, and it's children who will carry the game forward. This has been a great year for prospects debuting. There's a lot of kids coming up. Um, just today, uh, uh, Clayton Kershaw was pulled after a seven-inning no-hitter. And it was amazing to see the whole world explode with takes about how terrible that was and uh, how he should have been left in. It's just just nice to see people have baseball takes in the middle of April. It is. They feel so strongly it about is. it. It is. It is. It feels a lot like the Afi Komen, where we people search for the Afi Komen, while every sports writer in America searches for a fresh perspective and a nuanced take on Clayton Kershaw being removed from a perfect game. That's great. Uh, moving on to the five hole, we have Magid. Uh, in Magid, we pour the second cup of wine uh, and we tell the story of Passover. So I'm going to tell, tell something about the, the second uh, baseman. Instead of the second cup of wine, uh-huh. uh, I'm talking about, of course, about Ian Kinsler, uh, now retired second baseman for uh, the Texas Rangers, for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, I think he might have played for a few other teams towards the end of his career. Team Israel uh, being one Kinsler, of them. Yeah, so Kinsler was a four time All Star in Major League Baseball. And in 2021, he joined Team Israel in the uh, Tokyo Olympics. Had a significant contribution. You know, he's an older guy towards the end of his career, but had a few hits in the Olympics. Um, and I think was a real mentor to some of the younger guys on the team. And, uh, you know, I think, without a doubt, the, the greatest Jewish second baseman that uh, we've ever seen. Absolutely. Um, uh, what a player. <coughs> so, going on now to... T- I apologize for coughing, but uh, going on to tell... But that, uh, that's the, the COVID! Uh, that's COVID. That's the COVID. So, going on to tell the story of Passover, uh, we talk about, instead of the 10 plagues, we have the 10 players, which I will now uh, sing. It, are you, are you? Liar, Bregman, Freed, Kramer, Peterson, Pilar, Efros, Stubbs, Tellez, Eli Morgan. Do we have, do we have specific plagues assigned to each player? Like is Rowdy Tellez darkness or, or, you know, maybe Dean Kramer looks like a frog? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, this is not that much thought. I just tried to get everyone in. I think it might was it, it was started out in alphabetical order, but uh, <laughs> they really do sound it, like Hebrew words when you say them that way. Some of them do. <laughs> so those are our ten our ten players instead of the ten plagues. And uh, now we talk about the uh, the rituals of Passover itself. And we, we traditionally in the seder we ask four questions, uh, or the youngest child often will. So I want to talk about actually our four questions from last year to do a quick little recap. Uh, they all ended up being pretty significant, uh, you know, Jewish sports or Jewish baseball storylines. So the first one was whether Jock Peterson uh, could become an all-star again. The answer is no. Uh, he was not really an everyday player uh, with the Cubs, but he was then traded to the Atlanta Braves where he had a huge impact in the postseason. So, you know, very interesting to see how he did. Uh, that is a great question uh, and a great answer. Um, 
it, it wasn't with the Cubs. Our second question um, had to do with the uh, big bashing boy chick, Rowdy Telez, um, playing in Toronto start of the season. The question was, can he hit well enough to become an everyday player? Once again, in Toronto, the answer was not yet. But after a midseason trade to Milwaukee, he seems to have really found his uh, place at first base amongst the beer and the bratwurst. Yeah, that's right. He's having a, a pretty solid turnaround there, and and you know definitely seems like a guy, kind of guy who could use a fresh uh, a fresh place and, and just a fresh start somewhere. Uh, the third question I asked was about uh, whether uh, Max Fried could be a Cy Young winner in Atlanta. He didn't. He didn't win the Cy Young last year, but again had a great season. Ended up winning the World Series and won and pitched the deciding game of the World Series. It had a masterful uh, game in the, in I think it was Game Six, right? That they yes. ended up winning it. Um, he was terrific. So that was our third question. And the fourth question was whether or not Ryan Braun was retiring. And the answer turned out he to be did. yes. He, yes. He ended up the answer to the fourth question all. is yes. Is that the child yeah, who yes. does not know how to ask? Is Ryan Braun <laughs> you know, I haven't done? quite. Yeah. I haven't quite figured out how to, how to incorporate the uh, the four children asking questions yet. But uh, that'll, that'll have to be in our third annual. Uh, <laughs> so, so why don't you take series. us through the four questions of 2022? Sure. So the first question, how will Israel perform in the 2022 international baseball season? So this is not an Olympic year. It's not a World Baseball Classic year. Israel will probably or will be competing in the European Baseball uh, Championship. As the defending champions, uh, yes? No. So they, they lost in the finals last year, but it was the first time they ever reached the finals. Gotcha. Um, you know, it's a real opportunity for them to show their stuff. They've already qualified for the World Baseball Classic. Um, they've qualified automatically under the new rules, and there will be a WBC in twenty in twenty twenty three. But uh, you know, new coach Nate Fish, who took over the team after the Olympics, another former, friend of the pod, of our, f- former guest on the pod, King of Jewish Baseball, Nate Fish. Uh, you know, we'll have to see how he can rally the team and s- get the team together because this is a team that's going to want to play uh, play games in advance the of the World Baseball Classic and uh, see how they're doing. So, how will Israel Israel do? That's our first question. Um, second question is, can a healthy Alex Bregman compete for an MVP award? Uh, he's had, he had, uh, I think a torn quad or some issue with his quad last year. He missed, you know, two months of the season, ended up coming back and contributing to the Astros in their run to the world series. He was part of, uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will remember the most Jewish play in world series history, uh, when he was facing Max Fried and flew out to Jock Peterson. Um, and he is having a really solid start to the year so far. He already has two home runs in this early season. Mm-hmm. He seems to have his swing back. And can he repeat that most Jewish of moments, whether or not he can compete for an MVP award? Personally, I'm very interested in that. Uh, but that leads us to our third question, Jamie, speaking of uh, the Atlanta World Series champions. Right. So the third question is, will Jock Peterson steal the playoff spotlight again? You know, this has been baseball is a quirky sport and uh, there's always guys who come up at weird times or or have interesting careers and interesting uh, moments in the spotlight. Jock Peterson's like a modern day Jewish Reggie Jackson in the way that he is just, you know, he's won uh, two World Series now. Um, he is now with the San Francisco Giants. He's playing a fair amount uh, early in the season and looks to be, you know, if not the everyday, uh, an everyday outfielder, you know, certainly going to be playing a, a, at least a platoon. Um, and you know, the giants are a good team. They had an amazing year last year. Managed Can by he be a big a part Jewish of the player run, too, as know? well. Or a Jewish that's right. person. Ma- ma- that's right. Managed a, by Gabe. Kaplan, a fellow Gabe. Uh, Us Gabes Jewish. really got to stick together. So I'm always on, yeah. uh, in favor of, of, um, of the San Francisco giants, Gabe Kapler and 
in a recent inductee into the California Jewish Sports Hall of Fame, Jock Peterson. Yeah. And the last question, will a Jewish players or managers win the World Series? So uh, Peterson and Kapler out in San Francisco, Freed in uh, Atlanta. Those are probably the big potential. Uh, uh, Tellez and, and Milwaukee, Houston. they're expected to contend. Yeah. So that'll be an exciting thing to see. There's been a, a Jewish player winning most of the last several years, and it'll be interesting to see. Um, so unlike with Passover, where we get to answer those questions at the at the di- at the dining table or the, or the wherever we're doing our seders, we have to wait for the whole season to play out in order to answer those questions. And uh, that's true. Although we are leaning, you and I appear to be both le- reclining while answering these questions. So we're bringing a little bit of Passover vibes into the conversation right now when it comes to the four questions. Right. Uh, moving on to our next moment in the seder, Rachsa, the sixth uh, batting sixth. And this is washing our hands again. Again, this is, you know, just trying to get that sticky stuff off. It <laughs> so is just much too sticky. sticky stuff. It keeps coming back. Yeah. Okay. On to the seven, eight, nine hitters. I, I think I said this last year. No one cares about the seven, eight, nine hitters. Um, but maybe they care a little bit more because there's no DH. There's a universal DH now. So that's, so Mutsi, Matza, uh, Maror, Korech, and Shulchan Orech. I'm just sandwiching them all together, all the food related ones. Um, and, and just saying, you know, there, there's an interesting question in, in, uh, or, or sorry, there's an interesting question in, in culinary history about whether Rabbi Hillel invented the sandwich, um, the Passover sandwich of, uh, matzah, maror, and, uh, and the sacrificial offering. I, the, the I saw one. that, that might be the, the origin of the sandwich as far as we know. I mean, I saw a food take that recently that matzah pizza is like the best seasonal food of the year. That just like getting, eating melted cheese on matzah, which is essentially an open-faced sandwich. I'm a believer that a hot that's dog a, that's a good point. is both a sandwich and pizza is also an open-faced sandwich. So so, so that's, the, that's the philosophical question I wanted to bring this into, which is that is the hot dog, the, the typical, <laughs> you know, prototypical baseball food, is that a sandwich? I think it and is. And has anyone eaten a matzah hot dog? I, I got to assume someone snuck some matzah into a baseball game and asked for a Lucy, uh, a Lucy Schneider's. Uh, or Hebrew, or Hebrew National, a Lucy from, Hebrew from National, a Lucy Hebrew National to stash between some matzah. So I'm, I'm, I actually believe I'll, I'll give it in further. You don't even need the matzah to make the hot dog a sandwich. I think right. you know cheese melted on matzah is an open face sandwich. But if you just eat the hot dog like like no glove, just raw, no face sandwich. That's a no faced yeah. sandwich. So you know, what, you know what it is? It's a choking hazard. It, ooh, what it is. that's true. Yeah. Um, but I, I think you could just munch on a dog like you would a pickle. And it could be an open-faced hot dog sandwich. Um, and, and it's a great time to talk about bringing matzah to the ballpark because really, you know, everyone is always putting their peanut shells all over the floor, their empty beer cups. I think us as a people need matzah crumbs to, to match crumbs, that yeah. because there's no food crumbs like a matzah. And no, that's true. Especially, you know, if you're trying to take it places, it, there's all this like like – detritus in the bags that's coming out and falling all over the ground and all over your lap and you have to get up and brush it off yourself so i i think seeing somebody eat if i see somebody at the ballpark eating a matzah sandwich they're getting a big thumbs up from me all right other other than that there's not a lot of baseball food you can really eat uh i guess if you uh eat kitten you can have peanuts yeah, at a baseball you could have game. or popcorn um or popcorn but uh yeah if, if you don't then there's not much i you know um, what, i think in Europe, it's a different story with soccer, but like I think if somebody was to argue, well, I'm actually Sephardic, but I'm here at this baseball game in right. Seattle, um, that's a little less. Although now, you want to talk about 
food, uh, kosher, uh, and probably kosher for Passover food. There's a halal guys at Yankee Stadium now, um, oh, wow. which is you know notably halal and therefore very close to kosher, if, and most people would consider it kosher. So you could probably just get a bowl of shawarma there. Mm. Um, no rice. Ask for no rice, no pita. Just shawarma and like a couple of tomato slices, and you could you could have a real good game, real good time with that. <laughs> Well, moving on, after after the festive meal, we moved to Tzafun, uh, where the meal is over, we stretch and enjoy the Afikomen, and this is, you know, basically the seventh inning stretch of the of the Seder. We're not quite at the end yet, one last time to grab something to drink and enjoy ourselves, um, and this is the time when we drink the third cup, and the third cup uh, we're drinking in honor of uh, Jewish third baseman, Al Rosen. Al Rosen, uh, really notable, one of the toughest Jews we've ever seen, by the third cup of wine, most people would be, you know, in tough and, and I guess feeling a little bold, ready for that classic Passover Seder argument. Um, and I think sort of the king of the Jewish argument when it comes to baseball would be Al Rosen just because he was such a tough guy. Uh, you know, a South Carolinian, real Southern gentleman, grew up between South Carolina and Florida, um, fought for four years in World War II in the Navy's in the Navy, landed on uh, Okanagua, came back and then uh, came... Uh, Went back to Canada, sorry, went back to North America for uh, the 1945 baseball season after the war. Ended up winning MVP in 1953 and winning the World Series in 1948. Um, And uh, quite notably defended and was proud of his Judaism always. You can read more about this in the CJN this month in our article. But um, Al Rosen uh, was noted to enter the stands and fight fans who would shout anti-Semitic slurs at him. Um, so he was a tough guy and a good third baseman, and that would recommend being, you know, recommend after the third, uh, uh, third cup of wine, you're feeling tough in the Seder. That's great. Uh, lots to honor about Al Rosen. Um, and we should say as the evening grows later, we, we sing our joyful songs of praise. Um, one of my, one of my favorites is, is Chad Gadja, which we, uh, have sort of spoofed this year in our piece about the Gadja, the greatest all time, uh, diaspora Yiddish athlete. Um, in the tournament that we're currently having on the CJN uh, website. And uh, we are currently in the semifinals. What is this uh, tournament, Jamie? Vote- what can our fans do? What's it all about? So our fans can go online and now vote for who they think is the greatest Jewish athlete of all time. Um, there were 16 at the start, and now it's down to just four. We're down to the semifinals. Wow. We have real, real great baseball swimming matchups on both sides of the bracket. Sandy Koufax versus Mark Spitz on one side. And Hank Greenberg versus Dara Torres on the other. So the link is the cjn.ca slash gadja. That's G-A-D-Y-A. And you can go there to vote for your choice for the greatest Jewish athlete of all time. Two days ago, my aunt sent me an email asking me if I had seen that the Canadian Jewish News was running a tournament to determine who was the best sports athlete, the Jewish athlete of all time. And she helpfully suggested that we might want to talk about it on the podcast maybe have an interview with the person who wrote the article. That's really, really funny. So we've got, you know, on one side, as you mentioned, we've got Spitz versus Koufax, the burn bright, briefly bracket, and then Torres right. versus Greenberg, the longevity, sustained greatness bracket. It is... This oh, is yeah, I think that's a good way quite to look a, at Quite it. a good debate we have going on here. Yeah. And one more festive uh, song as we pour the fourth cup of wine, the, the fourth base, of course, home plate, and we thought we'd honor... Uh, not not as great a player, but an interesting man, Mo Berg, uh, the catcher who was a spy, 
Uh, he had a you know pretty pretty significant uh, MLB career, and he was also mo- more notable for his spying efforts on behalf of the U.S. government, uh, including two trips to Japan uh, before the war, where he was sort of not posing. He was part of a, an all-star team that went and toured Japan, and he did you know reconnaissance on on Japanese. Uh, uh, industrialization you know they sent him with a camera to take to take what looked like just souvenir videos but uh in actuality he, he was going there to take some videos about J- japanese industrialization and uh then during world war ii he was you know sent to switzerland and had to decide whether or not to kill uh nazi scientist Werner heisenberg based on whether or not he thought the germans were close to building an atom bomb and he decided that he didn't think that, that it was likely so uh, really the world's he, most he, dangerous he yenta him. Yeah, very interesting guy. Uh, you know, we definitely, uh, I think, I'm sure we've recommended it before, but the uh, Nicholas Davidoff biography, The Catcher Was a Spy, The Mysterious Life of Mo Berg, came out a little while back. Uh, I still have not seen the 2018 Paul Rudd movie, The Catcher Was a Spy. Uh, no one has ever mentioned it to me. <laughs> it was a box office bust, and it was supposed to be pretty bad. Um, I don't know. I guess we really should. Mark Strong stars as Werner Heisenberg, so... Wow. Uh, we should probably go see it sometime. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, good that Mark Strong. Is he Jewish? He seems like he'd be no, a secret not. Jew. He, he is, he's an Italian. He, he's Italian, I believe. Like uh-huh. Italian-British guy. But he was in Fever Pitch, which was written by Nick Hornby, who is Jewish, right? Yes. Um, yes. Although, you know, it's about Arsenal, and Arsenal is, is not the Jewish team. They're quite right. the opposite, as a matter of fact. Right. But that's like, you know, a significant piece of sort of Jewish sports literature uh, if Nick Hornby turns out to be Jewish, which I, I, I'm not positive about. Um, anyways, that uh, pretty much leads us to the end of the uh, second annual Jewish Baseball Seder. The last thing to say is the Nirza. Um, you know, there's 29 teams. They're not all going to reach the promised land, but some of them might wander in, in the tanking desert for 40 years. That's right. But there's always next year in the World Series. You could you could even say next year in Cooperstown. Oh, next year in Cooperstown is not bad. Yeah, we'll have to change that for the future. I had one one question about the songs for you, Jamie. And I'm curious your sure. opinion on this. Which Passover song do you think is the take me out to the ball game of Passover? Like your standard, oh, every team, every single family on earth doesn't matter how serious or not. Just like every single uh, team sings, take me out to the ball game in the seven inning stretch. Every Seder, I think every Seder sings Dianu. I think it's Dianu, yeah. yeah. I think it's Dianu, and I think that's a that's a lament for a baseball fan, you know. If, if we can do this, if we can do that, uh, you know, if we can just make the playoffs, uh, Dianu. If we can just make the World Series, Dianu. If we can just win one, Dianu. Yeah, if, if just uh, the, the Yankees lose. If, if you know, just if the just, Yankees If lose. just the Red Sox, you know, somebody blows out his arm. Dianu. Yeah, exactly, Dianu. So, Dianu to us. Uh, I think that'll be enough of us. Uh, we'll catch you guys. <laughs> like we'll everyone is saying to time. this podcast now, Dianu. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, it's a lot of fun for us to, to host the, it is. the baseball Seder. Um, as always, you can find our work on the Canadian Jewish News website, the CJN.ca. Uh, we're produced by Michael Freeman. You can follow us on Twitter at Menchwarmers. And uh, we hope everybody has a very easy, ha- happy, healthy Seder. Uh, I, I think for a lot of people, this is going to be the first Seder in, in, since 2020, sorry, since 2019. 
So the first one yeah, in three, in three, three years, years. We, to have in person. We hope you get to do it. It's, um, it's very joyous. This is, this is my first opening day in three years, um, especially given that the Jays haven't been been able to play their opening days at home recently. By that, so, that uh, same token, we'd like to remind you that despite Jamie's um, illness, we don't believe you can get it while listening to a podcast. I don't think he'll transmit <laughs> it to you through the airwaves into, into your ears. Don't think it's done. I don't think it's transmitted auditorily. Anyways, please please, uh, subscribe to the podcast wherever you get it and uh, follow us on social media. We'll see you next time.